the Workers' Beat. I'm Gene Lanson. Beautiful Redhead is here. Good morning. This is Bonnie Mathias. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, we would just want to start off. Gene's going to tell you everything, the news you can use. But I just want you to know that if you want to talk to us, you're going to have to send us a message on knon.org, and it says message the DJ. Because the phones aren't working. Because the phones are crap today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, we should mention that Gene Soslow has passed. Gene the Scream. And we are the entire station. It laments the loss of the great Gene Soslow, who was not just having a good program of his own, but also helping everybody else. Yeah. And just a a mainstay for this radio station. He gave the pearl of wisdom when the man called in that day speaking about uh, abortion. Jim or uh, Gene just happened to be here, de- acting as producer, and he came around to the microphone and said, "Let's all remember that 100 percent of pregnancies are caused by a penis." Uh huh. And he okay. So went back to his job. I will. I will always be the other Gene. At That's right. K-N-O-N That's right. Because Gene Soslow was such a great figure. Yeah. Here's things you can do. June, uh, we just we had an election at Starbucks yesterday, and I just found out from Rosie Kurtz that we won. The Starbucks pe- people up in Plano have won. All of us that went up and had yeah. coffee and showed support are tickled to death because we felt like we had a little bit of a well, role of in it. Of course, you did. Of and uh, Rosie Kurtz of the Young Active Labor Leaders says we won. So. The next thing to do is organize the other 2,000 of them, I think. <laughs> okay, June the, June the 27th, 800 nurses uh, at the National Nurses United Group are going on strike in Austin mm. at Ascension Seton Medical Center. That's a one-day strike. On July the 4th, Gerardo Contreras, the great Gerardo Contreras, I call him St. Gerardo, is uh, going to have a labor float in the Arlington 4th of July parade. Contact the Tarrant County Labor Council. They're organizing it. And uh, it's good old Angie DeFilippo is doing that. She is a a wonder. She's amazing. July the 31st is the expiration of the UPS Teamster contract. 340,000 workers. It's the biggest confrontation between labor and management uh, of recent times. And it's everybody needs to get in on it and start helping the Teamsters get ready. Because, uh, you know, it's about, it's about safety on the job. It's not about, I mean, yes, there is some concern about wages, but it's about job security and, and safety. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. These, some of these trucks have no air conditioning. Are you kidding me? August the 8th at 6.30, the CWA, Communication Workers of America, and the Texas Climate Jobs Project will hold a back-to-school town hall at 1408 North Washington. That's August the 8th at 6.30 p.m. August the 9th at 12.30 p.m., the Dallas chapter of Terra will meet at the AFT Hall. That's Alliance AFT, Bishop and Center in Oak Cliff. Everyone is invited. Contact Judy, 214-729-0063. September the 5th, the Paxton impeachment trial <laughs> is scheduled to begin. We'll see. Get if your popcorn. He's... 
He's been delaying legal action for over eight years. Yeah, so but his his he's an ma- expert at delaying. And things. his wife is at the center because you know she's the state senator. She's Let's not be, forget that she's going to be in the jury. Uh, uh, no, I don't think you know she won't have a vote, but she'll be she'll be sitting right there mm. while her husband is on trial mm. uh, at, in the Texas Senate. So lots of things coming up, and if you have some things that we should know about. You can't call us. <laughs> what, what do they have to do, Bonnie? Send oh, a message. Send a message. Go to knwin.org, and there's a button on there that says Message the DJ. Okay. And you pump, put that and just type in whatever you want to say. KNON.org. Yes. And put in a message to DJ. That's right. We're not really DJs. Well, we sort of are. Well, they but call every, they call everybody on uh, KNON. They call us all DJs. That's right. That's right. Lots of things are happening in the world, <sighs> and there is a shift going on that is world shaking. I don't know. Nobody seems to be following this in the commercial news, but things are happening around the idea of using somebody else's money. Because ever since World War II, everybody had to use dollars. Mm -hmm. They had to use dollars. They couldn't buy oil. They couldn't buy a lot of things. Uh, Practically all international trade had to be done in dollars. So that meant that the United States could borrow all the money they wanted and then just print money and pay it back whenever they felt like it because uh, everybody had to have dollars. And that's starting to slip. It's starting to erode around the edges. And it should be of concern to everybody. Here's just one item I got from Telesur, the South American news agency. Russian oil giant Rosneft and China National Petroleum Corporation switched to payments in their national currencies. So in other words, China is going to be buying Russian oil and not using dollars. Right. Uh, and that's a, that's a tremendous change. Yes. And here's another one. President Nicolas Maduro confirmed that Venezuela is advancing in the interconnection process between Russian banks and Venezuelan banks through the MIR. This electronic payment system was created by Russia as an alternative to the American system, which is called SWIFT, S-W-I-F-T, which is controlled by the United States and its allies. That's using dollars, in other words. So there's another big oil company, uh, or big oil country, that is is switching, at least part of the time, away from dollars. And this is this is amazing. This is a big change. This is what Saddam Hussein wanted to do before they killed him, before they <laughs> took him out of his hole and hidey hole and hung him. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to sell uh, Iraqi oil for something besides dollars. And uh, I, that could be the main problem. Uh, I don't really know. I'm not an international expert. But that was, uh, it goes back that far at least. What, what was that, 2001 or something like that? When the United States invaded Iraq and they're still there. Yes, yes, I believe that was uh, the first Gulf War, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. This, this came from the New York Times, quote, The economic conventions that policymakers had relied on since the Berlin Wall fell more than 30 years ago, the unfailing superiority of open markets, liberalized trade, and maximum efficiency looks to be running off the rails. That was an editorial in the New York Times. 
that that system was called neoliberalism, and working people never did like it. No, it was all, they were always trying to privatize everything. Exactly, and uh, they and wanted to, uh, they want to concentrate the wealth even more. They were they were taking the wealth away from the rest of the world and and centering it in what we call the Western democracies. In other words, the United States well, <laughs> but, you and, know, other, and other Western democracies. Uh, let's just remember that this democracy is under fire. Uh-huh. Uh, by If you heard yesterday evening, late yesterday evening, the Wagner Group, which is uh, 25,000 uh, mercenaries, basically, uh, have turned against Putin Turned against Russia. Turned again, no, against Putin specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the word coup is being bandied about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the military has not made any commitments. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. Starbucks workers at more than 150 stores planned to start a strike yesterday. I don't know if they, how many of them actually did. They alleged that the company had refused to let workers at a lot of locations put up pride decorations. You know, this is Pride Month for gays. Yes. And, uh, LGBTQIA. And they, they, the, the main symbol, I think, is the rainbow, I think. Yes. And they wanted to put rainbows up in their Starbucks stores, and the company wouldn't let them. And so they, they said they were going to start a big strike yesterday. It wasn't in the paper this morning, so I didn't see how that is going. I believe that that, that uh, proclamation, if you will, was uh, rescinded. Uh, the, the Starbucks stores that I've been in, there is a, a rainbow on the chalkboard. Uh, and oh. so that tell, and everybody is welcome. I mean, Starbucks has always been a place where every well... <laughs> Where most people, I mean, we've had some sensitivity they've, issues. They've uh, they've welcomed quite a few people, but they certainly don't welcome union organizers. Well, that's different. They're being We're... blasted all up and down for uh, unfair labor practices. Oh, yeah, and I encourage you to watch. Uh, my husband was flipping around the channels here a couple weeks ago, and their C-SPAN was on uh, with a recording of their questioning of the CEO of Starbucks, mm-hmm. Mr. Schultz. Yeah, at the Senate, yeah. Man, they were roasting him alive. They burned him, didn't they? They burned him bad. Bernie got him. Everyone, oh, because he's horrible. I'm not a union buster. Yes, you are. Yes, he is. <laughs> he certainly is. But he, he was trying to say, uh, we don't need no union because we're so good, we're so good to our employees. But I don't think the employees agree with him. In fact, I doubt if employees anywhere agree with any boss that says, I'm such a good boss that you don't need to organize. <laughs> but they all say that. Well, of course. Uh-huh. Of course. I miss not being able to put the phone number out all the time. Tell them again, Bonnie, how do they reach us? Go to the website, knon.org, and there's a button. I think it's on the upper right-hand corner. It says, message the DJ on air. And you can, I know we're not DJs, but Pierre will see your message, and he sends it to me immediately. Okay, or he can so, just read it. So if you're, if you're on the phone right now, we're not going to answer the phone because the phone is broken. It is bad. Bad. I see it's blinking right yeah, now. Well, People are trying to call. And don't they, call. And it's not going to work because the sound system is just not, not, 
of today they're not yes, working there's, or there's something. something going on with our we phones. don't know if it's the phone we'll company or if it's us it. we'll figure it out is this something i did i don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> could be me the communication workers of america and Woo-hoo. other unions around the country celebrated juneteenth that's that's very significant because it was all over the nation yeah. there are people in what washington is- state and california and uh idaho and uh Maine and Delaware were celebrating the great Texas holiday of Juneteenth. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Our our, uh, celebration in Sand Branch uh, was wonderful. The uh, the church there on on uh, Beltline Road opened up their parking lot and in their church. To uh, we had tents. We had oh my god, the food was great, great. And all the residents from Sand Branch came over and and got food and drinks. Uh, Southern Sector Rising is continuing to deliver large water tanks that are filled on a regular basis for each resident. Mm -hmm. So at least they have some semblance of running water, okay? But they don't have, like, you, you can't go to the faucet and turn on the water okay mm-hmm. that's not how this is working for them but do you know the, do you know any of the history of sand branch how it got there and why it got overlooked well when uh, everybody else was getting modern facilities it's an unincorporated area of the county a mm-hmm. uh, hundred yards away from not even a hundred yards maybe 500 feet mm-hmm. maybe there is the levee for the water treatment plant. I see. So uh, if you will look up Goat Island Preserve, Mm -hmm. there is a nature preserve right next door called Mm -hmm. Goat Island. Uh, How this this area has become uh, so left behind. Was it populated though in, uh, was it a freedman's town? It was a freedman's town. Yes, it was a freedman's town. It certainly was. So Uh, when when slaves were freed in uh, 1865, not in 1863, but in 1865. Here in Texas, yeah. They they found little little alcoves where they could live. That's right. Because the slave owners kicked them out. Yep. and, uh, And they were forced into these various little freedmen's towns some of which prospered yes some of yes. which did did well there was then, a, a freedman's town if y'all know where alpha road is uh that used to be a freedman's town and they had their own post office mm-hmm. uh if well uh, downtown victory park down in that area was that's that right. was a freedman's town that's right out that's there right. were uh, paul quinn colleges that was a freedman town yeah but some of them got eaten up by cities and got city services right Joppy. they didn't get they didn't get good treatment no. in the cities Joppy has got Joppy has city services mm-hmm. uh so and i just read where uh, a builder is coming in to build some houses down mm-hmm. there so that's very exciting affordable homes where people can live. Mm-hmm. You know, don't run off to the suburbs. Try to find something here. You'll be so much happier. What happened <laughs> What happened after the Civil War was a great crime. There were some wonderful people who came down from the North, 
just to start schools because the Southerners weren't going to start any schools. Oh, no. Even though the children had a right to go to school, they, that was just on paper. Uh, so a lot of people came down from the North just to help. And a lot of them were hanged or shot or driven out because the, the Southerners who had lost the Civil War uh, formed the KKK. They lost? And, Wait. Uh, and they're, they're still saying they didn't lose. That's right. And they... Uh, Shouts will rise again. They hanged and shot and imprisoned Jesus. and starved the, the former slaves. Uh Locked them up from and the get go. Locked them up for whatever infraction that they could find, and then of course they forced them to work in the fields. And there's hardly any, <laughs> there's hardly any coverage of that. You could read a dozen books on Texas history, and you never even find out. Now you you probably never find out much about slavery, but you sure wouldn't find anything out about the period uh, after the slaves were freed. And as far as I know, there is no history of Dallas as to what happened with the, with the Freedmen's Bureau. I did find one little fine, tiny reference that a guy was sent out to get to Dallas to head the Freedmen's Bureau in Dallas. He never even made it. He got killed in East Texas. <laughs> so I can't, you we'll know, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing in our history about it. Uh, it's, it's a shameful period. And it's just largely hidden. Yeah. Very hard to find anything about it. If you know something uh, that we should be advertising, uh, why does it go, for, go to go knon.org? Message the DJ on air. Upper right-hand corner of the website. Okay. And Upper we got right-hand a, corner. We got a message from James. He says he remembers the last UPS strike. We shut them down. It lasted two weeks, and the company lost millions because mm-hmm. they did not want to give up raises and other stuff. A big unspoken spoken issue was the disrespect of workers by management. That seemed to change quite a bit after the strike. Yeah. So now, there you go. James mentions that the strike was two weeks, and that's true. But the preparations for the strike were months ahead of oh, that yeah. time. Oh, yeah. The Teamsters been been prepping for the strike for a year yeah. or more. They came, I know, because back at those times, uh, we were doing Jobs with Justice, which was a, a little solidarity group here in North Texas. And they mm-hmm. approached us months and months before their contract expiration. And uh, we got really tight with uh, union uh Brother Teamsterhood, Teamster International Brotherhood of Teamsters, local 767, uh, over in the Fort Worth area. And uh, then when the first day started, this is my funny story about it, because you you remember Kim Grant and oh, Doctors yeah. Guild. Yes, sir. Okay. They're uh, mostly mostly chiropractors, but it's right. the Doctors Guild, and they're part of the, the labor movement. Mm-hmm. So we went on the first day, the great Miss Priscilla Bell was with us. She brought two sacks of groceries and we went to help pick it with the first picket and the doctors were already there. They were giving back ribs. Oh my God. (laughs) See, that's awesome. That is so awesome. The doctors were the first ones here in North Texas to show solidarity with the Teamsters and that's because they were ready to go. That's right. The best way to avoid a strike or to make your strike very short is to get ready for it. If you're completely ready for a strike and the boss knows it, then you're not ever going to go on strike. Which which is great. You just go and talk to the boss and you say, if you don't want us to go on strike, we need this, this, and this. You know, and the boss says, well, I guess so. 
because I don't want you to go on strike either. Right, right. So getting ready is the whole process. And I, I've i been arguing. I'm in the Auto Workers Union. Yes. They're trying to get ready for their big big struggle, which starts on September 14th. That's Ooh. when their contracts expire Ooh. with the big auto companies. And I keep telling them, if you want to know how to get ready on September 14th, start working on getting ready for July 31st, the Teamsters. Uh, yeah, I mean. For one thing, the Teamsters actually know what they're doing. Well, <laughs> there is that, Gene. You can you you learn uh, a lot. And another thing is that we need to win that one. Yeah. And if it doesn't win, it's going to be hard for anybody else to win that's because right. that's the big one. That's right. And then here's the other main argument that I give to the auto workers. I tell them, you need the Teamsters more than they need you. You got that and right. And that's because... A lot of the Teamsters are not organized under the National Labor Relations Act. That's right. Which we are organized. And most, most manufacturing is under National Labor Relations Act. And it has a part of its act says that you cannot help somebody else while they're on strike. Yeah. They call it a secondary boycott. You're not, if somebody else, is, even if they're right next door to you, and even if your sister-in-law works over there, you're not supposed to help them as a union. You can go help them as an individual. Yeah. But you can't help them. You can't. Your union can't say, okay, we're going to go on strike too. Right. Until they win their strike, we're going to go on our strike. We used to do that. Yeah. Before yeah. the National Labor Relations Act. And the National Labor Relations Act said, no, you can't. Uh, no, I think it really is a Taft-Hartley law. Yeah. There's Taft a Taft-Hartley law in yeah. 47 that made it, that changed it for everybody that's under National Labor Relations so that you cannot go on strike as a secondary boycott. But the Teamsters and the railroad men, they aren't under that. They're right. under the Railway Labor Act. Yep. And they can darn sure stop traffic. Oh, yeah. Right outside. <laughs> it's like if you're, if, if you're a Starbucks and you're on strike, for example, and a Teamster is assigned to deliver a bunch of, of uh, coffee products, he doesn't have to. He ain't coming. He, he doesn't have to cross your picket line. Nope. You can put up a picket line and he won't cross it. That's right. So we have to love the Teamsters. Absolutely. We need to show the Teamsters a lot of love and a lot of help as they face their July 30, 30th or 31st. Which is it? 30th, I think. We got to take a break. We're late. It's, oh the my last God. Day. it's the last day of July, whichever That's that the is. That's the 30th. That's, uh, I think. No, 31st. 31st. We'll be right back. <laughs> back on the workers beat and i know why i got confused about july 30th july 30th is the knon 40th anniversary celebration with four great bands helping us celebrate 40 years of the voice of the people with tejano superstar jay Perez and dallas blues legend rl griffin and the blues palace show band with special guests greg a smith and fat daddy International rock stars Igor and the Red Elvises. This will take place at, uh, at the Granada Theater in Dallas, and they will also have Dallas country music icon Matt Hillier's band. So that's on Sunday, July 30th. Early show starts at 2 p.m., goes to 9 p.m. For tickets, go to thegranadatheater.com or knwin.org. Sponsored in part by Domingo Garcia Law Offices and Venturita Financial Partners. You know what we got to do, buddy? What? I, I just had this good thought. Uh oh. Because, see, I got confused about July 30th. Is that's our anniversary? 
Yes. July 31st is the contract expiration for the Teamsters. Yes. And we were talking about how to show solidarity with the Teamsters. Yes. Let's you and I go to the celebration on July 30th. Okay. And talk to all of these great musicians and talk to them about entertaining the Teamsters while they're on strike. Oh, that's a good idea. We could do, we could yeah. do fundraisers. We could do fundraisers at the Teamster that's Hall. That's right. For example. That would be fun. And, cool uh, beans. Yeah. I, KNON is very friendly to the people because this is the voice of the people. That's right. And uh, I have no doubt at all that KNON would extend a hand to help the 340,000 Teamsters if they have to go on strike. If they don't have to go on strike, I guess we could just make it a party. Right? Well, why not? Sure. Why not? So come to the anniversary celebration here, these great musicians, and try to think of some ways that we can help the Teamsters win their big struggle. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Bonnie's Union, the communication workers, has joined the AF of LCIO, the rest of the labor movement, in endorsing the re-election yes. of President Biden and Vice President yes. Harris, according yes. to the CWA yes. newsletter. They haven't all done it, but no. uh, but the AFLCO, which is the the overall, it's, it's the, the uh, contact information for all the labor movement, mm-hmm. and uh, they they endorsed and they, they endorsed earlier than ever before. Did they explain that to you, Bonnie? Why did why they did that? I you know I, I wasn't on the call. I'm sorry. I was on the call. Okay, you explain it because I mean I know my reasons, but I don't know what their reasons are. Well, there were different ones of them. One of them, all of them, just about all of them said. Biden has been the best president for labor in our lifetimes. Yep. And some right. of them said he was the best president for labor that ever uh, going all the way. I don't think that I don't think that would include Abraham Lincoln. No, probably not. Abraham Lincoln was a labor president. But uh, anyway, a lot of them say he's the best president for labor ever. Some of them say he's the best president for labor in our lifetimes, and I think they can back that up. Oh yeah, with uh, the executive things that he's done, the ways fixed the uh, the National Labor Relations yes. Board, and the kinds of rulings that they've made, yes, uh, the way that he got on uh, to help the Starbucks workers with their organizing. Uh, we have a functioning labor board for the first time in a long time. Yeah, that's uh, true. Our labor board was uh, under. T-Romp was, uh, it was all Republicans. And they were hostile. They, they were, were hostile to labor. Hostile to labor, ruling everything against labor. Uh, so, we, you know, we're back in the saddle. We're not winning yet, but at least we got a, uh, we've got a chance. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have, it. we didn't get everything we wanted. No. But, but we they're not saying he's perfect. They're just saying he's the best we ever had. <laughs> right. But the others say, and I, I thought this is a pretty good argument, especially coming from a national labor leader. He said there's fascism on the horizon. Yes. He said, uh, he said if you don't want to, to be saluting the Nazi salute, you know, and uh, burning books in the public square and uh, putting people in concentration camps and, and gassing them and all that, if you don't want the kind of fascism that they had in Germany, he said you have to uh, support Biden-Harris in 2024. It's absolutely It really surprised me that a, a major union leader would say that. I say it all the time. I, I, and I've, you and I both have been saying that we have a choice. Mm-hmm. In, in 2024, we have a choice between fascism and democracy. Mm-hmm. 
Think about it long and hard before we, you walk in there and just vote for any old body. We just skated through the last election. We just Baby. barely made it through the last election. And we have to do better. And I we got, have to I do got better. I got some very, very bad news in a conference call with the Alliance for Retired Americans during the past week. What? You know, they made a settlement called the debt ceiling settlement. Yeah. And it says, you know, we're going to spend this much here and this much there. Uh, and, the, the, you know, they're going to cut 2% or something like that. Well, during that, during the next week, the Republicans in the House made up a whole different list of stuff. And since they control the appropriations, they're using those numbers, those lowball numbers, you know, the ones that have all the cuts in them, yeah. as, to, as to what they're going to be appropriating. Oh, I see. So, the Alliance for Retired Americans is planning to spring into action on this because it makes a lot of difference what what the government appropriates and what it doesn't. Yes. If they don't appropriate it, you don't ever get it. And that means that means uh, people who need help with their rent, people who need help with their uh, food supplies, uh, their very right to live. Yeah, and exactly. The administration of important uh, agencies like the Social Security Agency. If they don't, if they don't appropriate the money, it ain't gonna happen. They're they're really these Republicans, and I find it amazing. There's a handful, thirty people in the so-called Freedom Caucus. Here are Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. California and Georgia standing on the House floor calling each other names and net being just, it looked like two girls in junior high fighting. <laughs> I was waiting for I them to they start. they were on the same side. I did too. Evidently not. <laughs> I, saw, I was waiting for one of them to snatch the other one's hair and it would have been on. Yeah. I, I, what you is, saw this on? I saw that, Yes. I'll be darned. These two women were screaming at the top of their lungs, calling each other the B word back and forth on the House floor. My gosh. They have absolutely no sense of decorum. They obviously have no shame. I mentioned last <sighs> week, I mentioned last week that they God. honored the people who put, who spread poop on the walls oh, yes, of the Capitol. Yes, yes. And when <laughs> Went in and tore up the Capitol uh, on January sixth. The they had a had a had a, set, a ceremony honoring them uh, in the U.S. House inside oh, the Capitol Jesus. building. Traitors! So you that's amazing. Hey, traitor! What a what a time we live in. You know, I thank God we have what who we have. Mm -hmm. um, Y'all, I know that the. Congressional District 32 race. Oh, my God. I think there's like seven or eight people uh, already throwing their hat in the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, Y'all, we got to move. And, and we're not. I am encouraging everybody to look at each and every candidate, their record, what they are doing now and what they have done in the recent past. Mm -hmm. If they haven't done anything to support you or labor or uh, women's rights or anything like that, you're, you're looking at the wrong person. Mm -hmm. You've got to look at somebody who is inclusive. And for God's sake, stop with the purity tests. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody is going to be the perfect candidate. Nobody.
Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. What happened was that Colin Allred won that district, which used to be a Republican district. And then he beat Pete Sessions. <laughs> so, that made me so happy. Oh, my God. But now people seem, seem to think it's a safe Democrat And district. it's not. And it's not. It's not at all. And all the Democrats are running up there trying to get that seat because they think it's a safe Democrat district, and it's not. No, it's going to take, uh, to win that seat, you are going to have to have uh, a mechanism in place mm-hmm. already. First of all, uh, and you have a whole new demographic mm-hmm. since Colin Allred won that seat. Let's remember that. When Colin Allred won that seat, that was a North Dallas seat. Mm-hmm. Now, that district goes all the way down into southern Dallas County. Oh, it does? Yes, it does. So it's more, so, of, it's more of a Democratic seat than it used to be. Yeah, I think it is, mm-hmm. but you better, you've got to pay attention because some of these people will come to you talking a good game without anything to back it up. I see. So pay attention. Did you attend the meeting with Ernest McMillan that just took place? I did. On Monday, my, my friend Ernest McMillan, mm-hmm. uh, he is one of the founders of the Black Panthers and the student nonviolent Coordinating committee. Coordinating committee. I think it was called uh, SNCC. Mm-hmm. He was instrumental in helping those two groups come together, mm-hmm. and both groups were destroyed by 1970. And he was persecuted for it, too. Yes, he was. Yeah, and his, prosecuted as well. I believe he spent some time in prison. His mother was Mama Mac. Oh, my God. Also a civil rights icon in, in oh, Dallas history. She was awesome. Largely unknown because Dallas history is largely unknown. Because <laughs> right. we'll have none of that stuff in our history books. Yeah. We're only we're only teaching the history we want. I could teach you I could teach you the official version of Dallas history in about a minute. Can I you want to Sure, hear? go for it. Go Here's for the it. official version. Okay, here was nothing, there was nothing in this place. And these really smart rich men came and they made really smart rich man decisions and Dallas became a big city. (laughs) That's the whole story. And I don't even think that took a minute. Good Uh, job. That's the whole story. They sell that as books after books after books and that's all it says. So, now if you'd really like to know what the real story is, Mm -hmm. there's two books that you ought to pick up. One of them is by Jim Schutz uh, and it's called The Accommodation. And you can order that through Deep Vellum Publishing. It's Deep V-E-L-L-U-M Publishing. That is a non-profit publishing house in Deep Ellum. Uh, and you can also pick up White Metropolis. White Metropolis. Is, Boy, that'll make it's you only, mad. It's the only, oh the only place you're going to find much of anything about the civil rights movement as it as it affects Dallas. I've been trying to get through that book for Great book. months. But mm-hmm. I, can, oh, I can only read just like a few pages and I get so angry <laughs> because I see so much of that right now. Is it? Is it break time? I believe it is, yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break. Be right back. Get us started talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, come Tuesday. 
Tuesday. You're listening, if you can stand it, to KNON Radio 89.3 on your, dial, on your dial or KNON.org. We're the Workers' Beat Program, all about everything from the point of view of working families. We were just talking about the great Ernest McMillan, oh, who made a awesome. great contribution to the civil rights in, yes. this, in this city, and then was just shoved aside. Now, Bonnie, you tell me that he's a big environmentalist he, these days. He is just, you know, he's all about loving Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he moved to Taos, New Mexico, uh, closer to his daughter, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, he has a book coming out on uh, August 15th through Deep Vellum Publishing. Uh-huh. Uh, and it is... Stand Still Standing, I believe is the name of it. Uh, One Man's Journey Through the Turbulent Sixties. And he's a brilliant writer, uh, and he's a brilliant speaker. Uh, I met his mother many, many years ago uh, through Reverend Stovall. Uh, And that's how I met Ernest as well. Ernest came to Munger Place when Stovall was there. Uh, and, you know, getting to know him and his mom. Mama, Mama Mac was absolutely phenomenal. She would come and give uh, talks about when she was a young girl, she would go around and find stuff to sell. Uh, what, tin cans, uh, bottle, whatever she could find so that she could get money to help her neighbors pay their poll tax so they could go vote. Mm -hmm. That's right, folks. They charged people money, money, cash money to vote. Not all people now, mind you. Not all people. (laughs) No, no, just black people. So the poll tax in Texas kept a lot of people from voting. Just, you know, and I think they would really like to go back to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's kind of right. crazy. They would they, love to they go back They want to take that. away our right They to would love it. Every, love it. Every legislature uh, in Texas has made it harder and harder for poor people to vote. Okay. That's a true fact. Do you have something I coming do. in? I have a, a message from Elva Roy. Uh, I recommend a book about why money appropriated by governments for the poor is skimmed off by all kinds of administrators and third parties who suck money through the welfare-to-work scams. Mm -hmm. The book is Poverty by America, authored by Matthew Desmond, copyright 2023, eye-opening to me. Okay. Well, if, if Elvo Roy recommends it, it's a good, it's a good book. It's a good one. And and this welfare, you know, and the Republicans, they just, they want that. They mm-hmm. want everybody who is receiving any type of public assistance, they want to require them to do some work. Mm-hmm. Most of these people are working. <laughs> they are working. They're having to rely on public assistance to fill the gap between what they bring home from their job and what they need to live. To feed their kids. To feed their kids. To hell, to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I heard, why are people moving out of Dallas? Because there's nowhere to live that's affordable. Jeez, what are you doing? Are you insane? It makes absolutely no sense to me why we are forcing people to move out of the city 
when we need these people in the city to make it a livable place. Mm-hmm. Eric Johnson, are you listening? Mayor Johnson, are you listening? Are you going to run as a Republican next time? <laughs> oh, y'all, I'm really upset with him. Totally. And what did he do? Well, first of all, he ended a long-standing tradition of each city council person having a guest on the stage with them for the inauguration. Oh, I see. He ended that practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he decided to have Senator John Cornyn, a dyed-in-the-wool Republican, swear him in, give him the oath of office. I see. And he acknowledged... Ted Cruz was there as well, but he had to run. He had a flight to Cancun. <laughs> we were talking about good, good history books about Dallas. There's only one that, that has uh, anything about labor in it. It's called uh, Dallas, the Making of a Modern Industrial City, and it's written by Patricia Everidge Hill, H-I-L-L. Wow. So there are some good... Uh, histories of Dallas, but I don't think it's very complete. Uh, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> the one you mentioned, White Metropolis, I think is probably the best because it's so starkly different from oh, everything else yeah. you ever read about Dallas. Uh, the truth is that Dallas uh, was was uh, formed here because it was a good place across the river. That's right. People could drive their cattle across the river. There was a fort. The place with the sh- river was shallow. And uh, rock bottoms, so they didn't get their cattle stuck in the mud. Or so their this wagons, was a, this yeah. was a long time crossing place, mm-hmm. not only for Native Americans and the Spanish, and then eventually for John Neely Bryan when he started Dallas here, and then a whole bunch of really smart Europeans moved here with musical instruments and and culture that was way beyond what the rustic frontiersmen had. Germans. And then the Civil War started, and all yeah. of them, they were living right over there in Oak Cliff. Yep. But all of them moved to Dallas. Uh, in fact, a lot of them moved to East Dallas, which is, even today, politically ahead of the oh. rest of uh, the rest of the area. That's very true. So, very uh, true. So things like that happened, and that's what made Dallas the cultural center for this area and, and made it big. The railroad came through here. Now, the smart men did have something to do with that. Uh, but, but Dallas was not just created out of thin air by smart men the way, <laughs> the way all of the, uh, all the, way all of the uh, hist- nearly all of the histories put it. All right. It's crazy. It is. Now, if you, wa- if you want to comment, you'll have to get on your computer, go to knon.org, and put uh, message the DJ. Yes. And Bonnie will get it. Is, is another one coming through? I did. Here? I got a, a message got? Uh, um, just mentioning that Gene uh, Sosolo, our own Gene the Scream, had passed away. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Steve the Cockroach. I appreciate that. We got this. Gene uh, was a tremendous KNON DJ, board member, and volunteer. Yep. He started out helping on the Rockabilly Review and began his show. Notes from the Underground in 2013. That's when he Gene was kind to strangers, carried a tune in his heart, and gave a smile wherever he went. Oh. That is Gene. That is on the front door here at KNO Studios. Gene, the scream, saw slow. Mm-hmm. He I helped us it. out many times. Oh, many times. I will. Uh, we New Year's Day. 
he ran the board for us mm-hmm. because Pierre, I think you were in France. So uh, he, came, I came into the studio and he leaned over the counter and he goes, you know, I can't say this to everybody. Happy Junior! <laughs> And, and I just loved it. I loved it. It was great. He great. also came in and answered the phone during yes, fun drives during fun and stuff drive, like that. Yeah. And nobody paid him, and nobody, uh, yeah. nobody realized how much of a oh. big part he was of the KNON family. What a great guy. What a great guy. And I hope we have some remembrance of him at the 40th celebration. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that we will. Mm-hmm. Sure of it. They need a slideshow or something of Gene. Yeah, that would be that yeah. would be good. I that like would those. Be very I like cool. those kind of tributes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I got some good news. This is <laughs> no. There's a lot of aerospace workers. In fact, I used to be one. Uh, there's a lot of aerospace workers here in North Texas, and I just read that Boeing has finalized an order for 220 commercial jets to go to Air India. So 220 commercial jets, that's a lot of work a lot of people can can get and uh, make a living, feed their families while they're working in the aerospace industry. That is a whole lot. Here's another good one. I think this came from Bernie Sanders. He said the United Electrical Workers is one of the most progressive and effective unions in the country. Since January alone, they have successfully organized more than 14. 15,000 graduate workers into unions. Wow. So that's that's good news. Here's another good news. News Guild, which is part of Bonnie's Union, the CWA. News Guild CWA members at NBC who have been fighting for a first contract for three years. They've come up with a novel way to uh, spread the word. They got a giant projector and went outdoors with it and shined it on the building, the NBC <laughs> building, uh, with a, a video of their message, shining a light on the executives behind the union busting behavior. Uh, and that was in, that was in the CWA newsletter. Uh, so you got to get to appreciate what the CWA does. Some some very innovative tactics yep. to win struggles for working people. It takes innovative tactics, and I hope we're going to have some before the Teamsters need us on July 31st. We are. We are going to have it. We are. Texas was ranked the fifth most difficult state to vote in. How about that? And (laughs) And the 49th, we rank 49th in women's health. That's right. It was in the morning news. 49th. Texas is unhealthy. Mississippi and the District of Columbia are under us. Okay. Everybody we, else is above us. We also ranked 48th in overall health. Yes. So Texas ain't healthy. You'd think it would be because there's so much open space. You'd think, you'd, you'd think well, you know, they got the good air to breathe, the fresh water to, bre- to drink and all that. Ain't so. Texas is the 48th. In overall health and 49th for women's health. That is awful. That is absolutely disgusting. And you know how we're going to get out of this mess? We're all going to register everybody that we know to vote, and we are going to make sure that they vote in 2024. Because if we all don't pull it together and vote in 2024, it may be the last free and fair election we ever have. We should mention Brother Gates, too, while we're talking about health in Texas. Brother Gates was working as a letter carrier, 
and he, uh, I think he is 36-year member of the Lone Star Branch of the National Association of Letter Carriers, so that makes him one of our union brothers. He was found dead on the lawn what? with his, with his mailbag over his shoulder because of the heat. No. Uh, well, the morning news said it may have been the heat. And, uh, May have been. So we put out a press release from the Dallas AFL-CIO saying that this is outrageous and that it comes just as the, as the legislature and the governor of Texas have made it a law keeping cities from protecting workers That's against right. the heat. That's right. Because Dallas and San Antonio and other places want people to be able to at least get a break and get some water during a 14-hour day in the Texas sun. And these these municipalities, Dallas, uh, San Antonio, Austin maybe, they all passed rest break ordinances mm -hmm. where you must be allowed a 10-minute rest break every four hours. So you won't die. So you heat. won't die in the heat. Like you know, Brother Gates silly. did. Yeah. So, the governor and the Republican legislature, in all their wisdom, said, oh, no, you can't do that. Cities that, cannot that, do it. You can't do that because that goes against state law. Mm -hmm. Because we have no protections for workers in Texas. Texas is the only state in this country that does not require employers to carry workers' comp insurance. Yep. So remember that when you're going to work for the mom and pop. If you get if you get hurt in Texas, try to drag yourself to the state line. Please. <laughs> because you're not going to get no help in Texas. No. And, you know, I hear people say, you don't California mind Texas. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. So you don't want people to have health care. You, you like that here, right? You like that we have the largest percentage of uninsured people in the country here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And you, I guess you must like that we have no safety net for people who are hurt or injured and can can no longer work. Uh, they do have things like that in California. Did you know that, Gene? Yes, they do. Yes. And you know what else they have? They have a state income tax that pays for that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's and it doesn't it doesn't uh, it isn't paid for by poor people. No, it's, it's a progressive paid. tax. Yes. So it comes Jesus. out of the pockets of rich people, which is the way it should be, for God's sake. It's the way oh. it's the way the income tax was supposedly well, set up. Well, yeah, and then the rich people got in there and went, "Oh no, that's much too hard. They, we need all this over here for ourselves." And that's what they're doing. That's it. <laughs> Runaway inequality isn't you that were, the name of that book? You were, yes, Runaway Inequality. That's a Very good, good book. Very good book. You were saying that Ernie McMillan is uh, helping with the environmental cause. Republicans in the state legislature, following the lead of the climate skeptic, Governor Greg Abbott, launched a counteroffensive, putting forward a series of bills to undermine renewables, prop up fossil fuel production, and effectively kill clean energy in the state. Aren't you all so proud? That was in the They're book. giving these fossil fuel companies money to continue building fossil fuel burning energy plants. Hooray for pollution. Hooray for pollution. Hooray for, for being the 48th worst state or the 48th oh down the list state in healthcare and health and don't uh -huh. you, you better believe that air quality in this state plays a huge, huge role 
in uh, in poverty. Look at the folks in Joppy. Look at the folks down there at uh, Sandbridge. Y'all, we need to get together. <laughs> Say goodbye, Gene. Goodbye, Gene.